Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's episode 102 of Leading Women in Tech. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and we're here today to talk about acquiescing in your career and why that's a bad thing. But before we do that, let me just dive on into a special announcement for you this month. You may have heard me talk earlier in this year about a leadership empowerment summit with my dear friend, Moira Lethbridge. This is a summit, a one-day event that Moira and I, who Moira is one of the few guests I've had on the show more than once, but Moira and I put on earlier this year and we initially just did it to a HR audience, partly because we have got this program certified by HRCI. And so we always knew we wanted to roll this out further. Well, I am delighted to let you know that our next round of the summit we will be holding in September and is open to all women leaders. This is such an incredible program. We had such amazing feedback. We've actually been asked to go and run this inside organizations of the women that attended our April event. This event is really about empowering us as individuals so we can go back to our workplace and empower everybody who works for us. This summit is for you if you're struggling with competing priorities, those ever-grown to-do lists, you're ready to accelerate your career progression, lead with influence, maybe you're just unclear how to do that. We dig into confidence, self-doubt, you know, it's one of my favorite topics. And we also put in place your personal strategic plan. We talk about your zone of genius and we dive into another of my favorite topics, leading with influence. I'm not going to tell you all the juicy details. You can go check out the website. It's quite a long URL, so I'm not going to spell it out like I normally do, but it is in the show notes. Go ahead and look at the show notes. Now, the reason I want to tell you about this is all the way in September, but if you sign up before the 1st of July you get a 20% discount. That's worth having, right? So you have the majority of this month at the point this episode is going live. You have the majority of the rest of this month to ask your boss for funding, decide whether or not you're going to fund it yourself. By the way, we have a special deal. We will have this after the 20% discount goes as well, which is if you're wanting to bring somebody else with you, whether it's a friend or somebody else in your organization, and last time it was definitely people from the same organization were sending two people, the second ticket, if you buy two tickets, you get the second ticket for a fifth of the full price of the first ticket. So it is absolutely worth doing. And of course, if you would like to have a chat with Moira or I about whether or not this summit is for you, then we are to help you with that conversation. This is a very high touch, very small number of women that we invite to this summit. It isn't like a big conference online. Moira and I want this to be very high touch. It's very small numbers. Because of that, we are charging a little bit more than, you know, your traditional online conference. It is not that at all. We are going to be giving you coaching in there throughout the day. So if this sounds like the kind of thing you're interested in, you just want to see, is this really for me? We are, would be more than happy to have a chat with you. You can speak to one or both of us. Uh, the links for that are both in the show notes and also on the website. So as I said, go to the show notes, go and have a look at the website, check out this summit, see if it's for you. And if it is, we would be delighted to have a chat with you or just to welcome you in September. 20% saving if you sign up before the 1st of July might just be worth having. But let's go straight on in to why you need to stop acquiescing in your career. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. 
I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights to sign to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Let's talk about, first of all, why do we do this? And what do I even mean by acquiescing in our career? This is something, it was when I started coaching, I realized how much the women I coached did it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I did this too. (laughs) In fact, one of my clients was on the show earlier this year, episode 67, leveling up as a VP of engineering with the amazing Catherine Van Diver. I adore this woman so much. And she came on the show and she actually brought it up on the show in that we often will get put into boxes as women like you're really good at this why don't you do this and we'd be very easy to acquiesce to the people around us and do what they say and she'd noticed this early on in her career in that people were suggesting she did things other than engineering because she was really good at the people side of stuff which is why she's now an extraordinary people leader as the vp of engineering in her company i mean she is simply outstanding But those same skills that make her outstanding meant that earlier on in her career, people wanted to shoebox her. And it would be very easy to acquiesce. And actually, a similar thing happens when we want to people please. That's acquiescing. When somebody says, hey, we should do this. And some part of you is like, "Mm, really, should we? Some part of you wants to challenge it, but you go along with it anyway. A lot of the time, this goes hand in hand with self-doubt. Maybe you feel like the person in front of you is a technical expert in this area and you're not, but we're not listening to our doubts. We're not listening to that little niggly voice that says, I'm not really sure we should be doing that. That's what I'm talking about when we acquiesce in our career. And it plays out in many different ways, as I've just highlighted. And as I already mentioned, this comes largely down to people-pleasing. But there's lots of other things going on here. Why do we people-please? Well, Sometimes it's our self-limiting beliefs going on, your imposter syndrome, your thoughts that you don't belong in the room, this idea that somehow you are less valid in your ideas, your innovations, because of your background, because of your experience. This is also why sometimes we don't push ourselves to go for a high level job because we don't have all this experience. We acquiesce, we lean into those self-limiting beliefs. The other thing I see happening, and I know this was true for me for a long time, is fear of the unknown, fear of our dreams. Now, you've all heard me talk about before how I'm a little bit intimidated by my own ambition. And it took me the longest time to accept that that was okay, because it's not a normal thing to say. But that fear of my dreams, I'm my dreams are huge. I really want to do something extraordinary. And to do the things I want to talk about is kind of terrifying. <laughs> And I, for the longest time, was more worried about what other people would think when I did that than I was about myself. So that fear of the unknown, I don't know the path to get to where I want to be, to how others are going to interpret me if I say I want to do this one day, that can really hold us back and allow us to acquiesce because it's easier. That also goes hand in hand with being unhappy in who we are. If you aren't comfortable with who you are, you don't feel grounded in your values, in how you approach problems, in the fact that you have a voice, if you aren't happy with your life, believe it or not, even though you'd think that when we're unhappy with our lives and who we are, we do something about it, actually more often than not, one thing that happens is we hold ourselves still. It is too scary because we don't know how to get more happy. 
It's very irrational. It's a human thing. Do not make it wrong. But if you are unhappy, I want you to ask yourself, are you actually holding yourself still because you're unhappy? Are you making decisions that hold you where you are because you're unhappy? Now, the other one that goes hand in hand with that, of course, is not knowing your true purpose. So I talked a moment ago about being so scared by my ambition. The flip side of that is when we don't know our why, our purpose, what is driving us. Now, there is no one size fits all with purpose and there definitely isn't just one purpose for each of us. My why and my purpose has evolved and grown over time. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But for some of us, I know many of the women that come work with me don't know their purpose and they stay unhappy in themselves and in their lives and everything they're doing because they don't know the direction of travel they should be in. It's why one of the first things I do with the women I work with is figure out their North Star, their direction of travel. They might not have everything beautifully laid out, but they know the direction they want to head in. And on on top of that, there is the whole guilt thing. Oh my goodness me, guilt, right? So guilt often comes up when we're talking about negotiating salaries. I can't possibly ask for more. Only nasty people become rich is a classic one. But there's also, I can't possibly have that role or that job. It's impractical. I am going to be too spoiled. That's for other people. I have to sacrifice too much in terms of family life. I, Oh my goodness me, so many women tell me they can't become executives because it's too stressful and they couldn't be the mother that they want to be. And that just breaks my heart because actually the thing I see happening with the executives I do work with is that they've had to figure out how to have a better work-life balance and they are actually better parents as a result. They work fewer hours because that's how you get the extraordinary results because your brain has to have time to think. But I think we have so much guilt around, I couldn't possibly do that for me because of the impact it's going to have on the rest of my life. So we hold ourselves back. Which obviously also then goes hand in hand. This whole thing is like a whole <laughs> a whole boiling pot of stuff that goes hand in hand. But not knowing your self-worth not believing that you are valuable, that you have something to add to the human race, that you can make a difference in the role that you're currently in or the next role that you want, that you can have big ideas in a role that you might have in 10 years time that seems so far away right now. As I said, you might be intimidated by the idea of having that role. But if you are in that position of I couldn't possibly because I am not that good at anything, I don't have that much to offer, you're going to have that fear and you're going to have that guilt And you're going to have that feeling of, I couldn't possibly, those self-limiting beliefs. Then, of course, there is not believing there's a job that's matched your skills and experience. Now, the one thing I hope you know by listening to this podcast is that what you need for a role right now, today, is not going to be true in 10 years' time. So, for example, you want to be a CTO or a CEO or a VP of product in 10 years' time. The skills that those people need right now will not be the skills you will need in 10 years. Like I said, you need that North Star, that direction of travel. But when we hold ourselves back because we don't have the skills and experience exactly, or we think, well, I couldn't possibly, because how can I possibly get those skills and experience? It's just not my direction of travel right now. You are limiting yourself because actually nobody knows what a CTO is going to need in 10 years time. It is going to be based on the skills and experience of the people who are currently making their way there, not the skills and experience of the people already there. Because the people that are already there will change and develop in the next 10 years anyway. Life moves so damn fast, right? That you've got to believe that when you get there, you will be ready. Instead of holding yourself back and not fulfilling your dreams right now, because you're so scared there won't be a job for you. 
again, one of the things I love to do is help everybody figure out what do I want to do more of in terms of my day-to-day operations, thinking, and what we execute on, and then figure out how to get a job that matches those. You all know I created my first C-level job. I didn't apply to a job. I said, this is what I want to do for your company. This is why I think it will make a difference. And we co-wrote a job description together. And that was super empowering for me. I don't believe there are any other chief business development officers that did the kind of work I did out there. And even with just working with, for example, I work with a number of VPs of engineering. They all have different skills and experiences that they bring to the table. They've all got their unique take, their own unique stance. There is no one perfect job for each individual other than the job you create. Another thing that we do in terms of why we acquiesce a lot in our career and don't move ourselves forward is not believing that an employer will have faith in you and your skill sets. And I just want to debunk that one right now. First of all, if your current employer fundamentally doesn't believe in you and your skill sets, if you actually have proof of that, it is time to walk. (laughs) You have something to bring. You are extraordinary. Every single human being is. You've just got to find your place to put yourself to create that impact. Now, The other piece of this is if it's actually your belief set, not your employer's, which happens a lot with our imposter syndrome, right? And it becomes a self-amplifying situation. We think that nobody believes us. Our imposter syndrome goes sky high and it becomes like a negative downward spiral. And therefore we just stay still. We stay stuck and we start doing what our employers say we should be doing more rather than what's good for us. Remember, your employer has an agenda. I always say to people, Your employer, if they needed to, they would let you go. So sometimes you have to walk because it's what you need. A good employer will do their best to hold on to great talent, will make sure they're developing you as an individual and all those great things. Fabulous. However, sometimes you also need to take care of yourself and leave anyway, even if they're a great employer. Don't believe everything that your brain is telling you about your employer. If you think they don't have faith in you, get concrete evidence first. And if they don't, then walk. But if maybe they do, listen to that evidence rather than telling yourself, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly, that can't be true. Sometimes our brains are really, really annoying. And we can see evidence of one thing, but our brains are telling us the opposite. And we just don't allow ourselves to believe in it. As your virtual coach here over the podcast, I want you to listen to that evidence. I wouldn't want you to push it away because it's a popular thing to do, to not believe it. It's better for you in some way to not believe it. No, I don't want you to do that. I want you to hold that evidence up front and center and I want you to believe it, okay? (laughs) Let's talk now about what happens when we do acquiesce. Well, first of all, every time we acquiesce, which we all do regularly and often, and I still do this, by the way, but every time you do a little bit of damage. When we settle for things that we shouldn't, first of all, we are slowing our progression. And again, this is one of the reasons why And this sounds like victim blaming and it's not. But this is one of the causes of why women are so chronically underpaid compared to the male counterparts. We settle. Now, I don't think that we should be the ones having to change the world and make it to be about fairer pay. I do think we need policies and practices and legislation to do that. But that is right there an example of when we settle, when we shouldn't, we are just gradually amplifying our damage, which is why Over our careers, women earn hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars less than their male counterparts. The damage is just incremental. Sometimes it's big damage, right? We don't go for promotion or we settle for 
a job offer that just isn't really what we want. And then the damage can be we're more stressed. We aren't doing work in our zone of genius. We're less productive, which then impacts our confidence, actually adds to our imposter syndrome. In fact, wasted potential when we settle, when we acquiesce, is such a major contributor to that decline in self-confidence, a regret for not choosing our dream career, for not making sure we're working in our zone of genius. The longer you stay in a career you don't like, the harder it is to switch to what you do want, right? Which is why this acquiescing becomes a self-reinforcing negative downward spiral. Skills learned for a dream career, if you don't use them, they diminish. We all know that, right? I remember... (laughs) When I first stopped programming, I was really, really worried because I know that when I don't have my fingers on the keyboard programming, within about six months, I'm no longer an expert in that programming language. I haven't actually programmed anything in three and a half years. And the year before that, I was only really just like doing little toy things just to keep my head in the game, if you see what I mean. And that took me a long time to accept. But hopefully what I'm showing you is if you don't have the opportunity to use your skills, your zone of genius skills, they are going to diminish. Now, thankfully for me, programming is definitely not my zone of genius. I was good at it. Um, In hindsight, it was my zone of excellence. At the time, I did not think it was. But it is most definitely not my zone of genius. I do not light up from programming. I light up from doing leadership training and coaching and working with the amazing women I work with. That is my zone of genius. If I wasn't coaching, my skills for that would be diminished then you're less desirable for future hiring managers. So if you have skills that you've developed for your dream career, that North Star that you know you want, you need to make sure you're using them. You need to find an excuse. Either in your current role, you need to be saying to your boss, I want to do this, can I do this? Which is going to give you the skills and experience and the amplification, which is going to make it easier for a future promotion. Even better than that though, go and ask for a different job go and get yourself hired in that role that is going to allow you to step into your zone of genius more. And of course, as I've mentioned, whenever we don't do this, the imposter syndrome gets amplified, the burnout, doing work that doesn't light you up, which ultimately causes stress. We also get stressed from realizing we're not feeling fulfilled. That is such a huge cause of stress, that lack of fulfillment. And all stress causes burnout. That is what burnout is. I keep saying this, burnout is not about working crazy hours. They quite often correlate, but actually burnout is about stress, which is why it does correlate with long hours, because that can be a source of stress. But I also know people who work long hours just because they want to, and it does not cause them stress, and therefore doesn't cause them burnout. Quite often, also the anticipation of stress causes burnout, because that in itself is stressful and raising your cortisol levels to an unhelpful level. Now, cortisol is not a bad thing, other than at certain levels (laughs) and that is where the burnout comes from but all this not being able to be in your zone of genius not doing work that is for you acquiescing to the requirements of others taking on roles and saying yes to work that you really don't actually want to do that is all a source of stress and you're limiting yourself in your life and those self-imposed limitations and part of this is also Little gradually, little by little, giving up on yourself and your goals and your dreams, not pushing yourself to reach your full potential and not being the best version of you. You settle, you cause regret by settling and 
your dream career seems further and further away in the distance until one day you wake up and think, oh, I just can't be bothered or it's impractical or I shouldn't be doing that because that isn't good for everybody else around me. It becomes self-reinforcing. Now, how do we stop all this? This self-sabotaging, becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. Well, I have eight steps for you. None of this is rocket science. It's very similar to a lot of the mindset work I get you to do. And this one really is mindset. This is hugely about mindset. So here are the eight steps. First of all, acknowledge that this is holding you back. If this episode is resonating with you, if you find that you acquiesce a lot in your career, whether to individuals or to yourself or both, acknowledge, first of all, that that is happening and acknowledge that it's holding you back. You have to acknowledge it. If you don't, you aren't going to be able to get out of this. Next, let's have a look at your fears. Face those fears head on. Other people and what they think about you, what you're scared of happening, the repercussions, get them all out. I love to brain dump these and write them down, physically write them down. It is always dangerous to just sit and think because our brains go into this little whirlwind mode. You need to get it out in some way. The pen and paper is a really great tool for controlling how we think, but some people prefer to type. That's totally fine. It's shown to be slightly less productive, which is why I've gone back to pen and paper, or at least a tablet where you can handwrite. <laughs> That's totally cool too. Um, so I'm just, you know, I would urge you to use a pen or some description, but if you find that you need to type, I can certainly type faster than I can write. Actually, one of the reasons why writing is so powerful is because it slows you down. But I want you to brain dump all those fears, get them out of your head, the things that you're afraid of happening, the repercussions, how people might view you. Uh, my coach calls this doing a fear inventory, just all the things and get them out until there's nothing left to come out. Because you have to recognize your fears and how they're going to hold you back and therefore recognize the longer term stress that your fears are actually causing you in order to move forwards. So face your fears head on, get them out, look at them and ask yourself, is this valid? Can I mitigate this in some way? Is this just my brain doing an unhelpful situation? There's a whole set of work to be done around fears and anxiety, but the first thing is really face them head on. Thirdly, remind yourself that confidence comes from action and getting clarity. So many women hold themselves back. Actually, I'd say anybody. I just talk to women a lot. <laughs> men, men do this too, by the way. In fact, men do all of this. We just have slightly different takes on it. But so many of us hold ourselves back because we don't have confidence. And we're like, I need to do the confidence work first and then I'll take action. I hope you know by now that confidence comes from action and clarity comes from action. And when you have clarity, you get confidence. So I want you to remind yourself every single day that you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, episode 96 of this podcast. Go listen to that episode if you haven't listened to that episode. Remind yourself that you need to take uncomfortable action, make decisions that isn't acquiescing to the needs and wants of others or your little brain that's saying you can't possibly, you're not good enough. You need to get uncomfortable and then you'll get confidence. Step number four have the mindset of excitement instead of the mindset of settling. This is a choice we get to make every single day. Hold that I'm excited rather than I'm intimidated by what I plan to do. Now, you want this joyful anticipation and you do not want to give in to, but I'm not good enough right now. So you need to hold, and this is, this is something I worked with people on for years and I'm still working on it with myself as well. You need to be excited in the anticipation of what's coming, but you also need to be 
absolutely in love with where you are right now. If you don't love where you are right now, you're focused on where you're not right now, focusing on the gap, as I put it, rather than the gain. When you focus on the gap, everything is terrible and you are a terrible human being and I'm not there yet. Oh my goodness me. And we fall into that downward negativity spiral very, very quickly. And that actually causes us to acquiesce and stay where we are. So what we want to do is remind ourselves that we're excited about what's coming, but we're also on a journey and the journey is the bit we love. You have to enjoy the journey. If you aren't enjoying your journey right now, we need to have a chat. We need to figure out how to get you to enjoy your journey very, very quickly because your journey is right here, right now. Your journey is asking for that next opportunity at work. Your journey is figuring out how to do the time management around work and personal. Your journey is applying for that new job, which is terrifying and putting yourself out there and takes a lot of energy, but you get to talk about yourself. You get to share with the rest of the planet how extraordinary you are. I know many of you listening to this are saying, my God, that's my idea of how many of us it is. I want you to decide that it's fun. (laughs) I want women to enjoy telling the world how extraordinary you are because we are and we should embrace that. So I want you to get used to being excited and enjoy that joyful anticipation of, of excitement, but alongside I'm enjoying the journey. The other phrase I want to share with you here is scare excitement. Again, this is something that my coach tells me. You can be scared and excited, and there's a slight difference between scared, excited, and just scared. I want you to be scare excited. Have that scare excitement. Be excited and a little bit, mm, this is uncomfortable at the same time. As I said, go listen to episode 96, being comfortable with being uncomfortable to really understand the power of that growth zone where we're a little bit intimidated. Okay, step number five, agree right here, right now to be super kind to yourself, irrespective of the outcome. Most of us hold ourselves stuck because we are scared of how we are going to feel when something goes wrong. What if you just chose to feel differently? More to the point, what if you chose not to blame yourself when it goes wrong? One of the favorite phrases I ask my clients when they tell me they're scared of something is I said, well, if this does happen, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, I think I'm a terrible human, all this. And I said, okay, well, let's flip this around. If your best friend came to you right now with all the information that you currently have and said to you that you she'd failed doing this, what would you say to her? But pretty much everybody focuses on kindness and then some actions that they would do, right? This is the things we talk to ourselves in a way we would never talk to another human being. And I think this is part of why we hold ourselves back because we are so mean to ourselves and we don't like it. We feel terrible when we're mean to ourselves, but our brains will go in this little spiral of you're a terrible person, you're stupid, how dare you do that? Why did you do that? And we say, oh my God, I just don't want to feel that way. I'm not going to go there. We get more scared of our anticipation of how we're going to talk to ourselves than of the actual event itself. So I want you to agree right here, right now, that you are going to be kind to yourself, irrespective of the outcome. You can't tell the future. You can't read other people's minds. If you can, you could make a fortune because nobody else on the planet can do that. (laughs) So just agree that whatever happens, you are going to be kind to yourself, irrespective of the outcome. Easier said than done, I know, but try it. Do try it. Number six, remind yourself that you can always change your mind later. This is something I am very passionate about, is grabbing opportunities when you see them as it feels fit, and then being okay with letting go later on, pivoting, 
have some contingency plans in place. You know I love a good contingency plan. Be okay with changing your mind based on new data. Don't stay stuck where you are right now because you don't have all the data because you're not going to get the data until you take action. So remind yourself, it is okay to change your mind later on. It goes hand in hand with being super kind to yourself irrespective of the outcome. Sometimes you just need to say to yourself, it's okay to change my mind when I get more information. Number seven, establish an all-important support system of peers and others doing like-minded things. This is one of the reasons why the Lit Up Leadership Academy is a membership and there is a shared Slack community because these incredibly powerful, extraordinary women are all on a similar journey and they get to hold space for each other. They get to support each other through uncomfortable change. Even when I'm not in the Slack space, they are. Weekends, I'm not in there. They are in there lifting each other up, saying, hey, I tried this. It didn't work. Any ideas? And also just hearing from others that I mean, I'm feeling this way too. And it's okay to feel this way. Having a support system, whatever format that looks like. If you want to be in the academy, great. Go sign up to the wait list. But more to the point, I want you to find some peers and others doing like-minded things who can hold you and just give you that breathing space. I myself, I'm in a mastermind of women running companies similar to mine precisely for that reason, because I feel held when times are tough and times are tough. I know you hear the glossy version of Tony Collis, but times are tough every now and then. It gets a bit wobbly. I have wobbles more often than I would like to admit. I'm a CEO. It's kind of part of the course. Part of what helps me get through those wobbles is having an amazing group of women. They're all women, actually, which I never thought would be true, given that my entire professional career before I set up my business was about being surrounded by men. But I am held by these women. I am recognized. I am valued. I am witnessed in my discomfort. And then my mindset also gets a bit of a talking to when I'm telling myself things that aren't very helpful. Number eight, take action and establish habits that help pursue that needle forward direction, that North Star to reach for what you really want. Habits are so powerful. I feel like I need to do a whole episode on habit building for you. But little tiny habits every single day, those 1% really add up very, very quickly. Take action and add in some habits and things can really change for you. Habits are the fastest and easiest way to actually make change. If you had a habit that you built, which was do one thing every day that was uncomfortable, tiny, tiny change that's uncomfortable, you would stop acquiescing very quickly. It's that whole getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, episode 96. I feel like this episode and that episode unintentionally are very, very linked. Okay, let's wrap up as always with a mindset tip. Very short and sweet, this one. Allow yourself to pursue what you want and stop making excuses. Every time your brain says, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, I couldn't possibly, I want you to say, I'm going to do it anyway. That's all there is to it. So simple and yet so hard to do, but that's the mindset shift I want you to be making. I am going to do it anyway. That's it for today's episode. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you would like to attend a one-day Women's Empowerment Leadership Summit, make sure you head over to the show notes, click on the link that I have shared in there, This summit is a game changer. It is so exciting. The amazing Moira Lethbridge and I will be with you for a whole day of training and coaching, lots of hands-on, lots of setting you up for success for the rest of the year. And you get a 20% discount if you sign up by the 1st of July. That's it for today. So until next time, remember 
be the extraordinary leader you are, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.